Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hey, it's Lisa, and it is IEP season. Welcome. I always know when it's IEP season because my phone blows up, my email blows up, the group blows up. Um, It is the end of the school year. I know a lot of schools do IEPs in the spring so that the IEP is ready for the following year. Um, It's also when it's like the oh shit time as I call it, which means parents go, oh shit, it's April and my child hasn't made any progress and this and this and absences and truancy and grades and on and on and on it goes. Um, And ESY issues, that's another one. So it just... um, Ask any advocate who works, who works doing direct advocacy, and they will tell you that like March, April, and May are just insane. So for the 80th time this week, I'm going to answer the question, where do I find an advocate? But let me pontificate for a moment. Um, No, seriously. Um... I'm an advocate. I've been working as an advocate for 10 years. I've had dozens, if not hundreds of different clients. I lose track after at this point, attended hundreds of IEP meetings. Um, I've worked for agencies serving low income families. I have done a lot of educational surrogacy, which means uh, the parent or the children are generally orphans or have no one, no parent to represent them or advocate for them at the meeting. And I've also worked with many paying clients and the families who have the means to pay for an advocate. So I've seen it all. And it's kind of a no-brainer, I get it, if, if, if an agency offers low or no-cost services. That seems to be like a no-brainer. Like, oh, you're free? Yeah, then I do need your services. Um, but when it comes to paying for an advocate, I can't even tell you how many times... I've met with a family and like most good advocates, the initial consult, the initial like hour meeting or two is, is um, free just to kind of get a feel for what you need. So they do the initial consult. I get a little bit of history, maybe look at some records and I follow up via email and I tell them, or sometimes right there. And I say, well, this is, this is, you know, without doing a full record review, this is what I think. This is my strategy. This is how I would recommend that we approach it. Blah, 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 blah. And I give them my rates. Well, I get it. Your child is entitled to FAPE, which is a free and appropriate education. Free. 
okay? It's public school, it's free, your taxes pay for it, right? So I understand the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I understand why it would make you mad that you would have to pay someone to help you get something that is free and that your child is entitled to. I completely understand that. I wish that my job would become obsolete. I truly do. I wish that every child's needs were being met and that every special ed advocate and special ed attorney was out of work. I, I really genuinely wish that would happen. I don't think we're going to see it in my lifetime, but I do. I wish, I wish it would happen. I, so I get not wanting to pay for that service because it's free and you're like, what the heck? I pay how much in property taxes each year? Okay. But it is what it is. It's This is the system. We are where we are and some parents need assistance. So I I give them my rates and I'm not, I'm middle of the road. I'm not free, but I've heard of a lot of um, advocates charging way more than I do and requiring retainers and all that. I give them my rates and then it's like, a, well, you know what? We're just going to try this one last meeting on our own. We're just going to try to do it, keep going on our own. And if we need help, we'll call you. Okay. I get that a lot. Probably I would say one out of every three clients that I meet with actually hires me. And the two, two of them say, nah, we're going to keep going on our own. But let me tell you about those other two because this is what happens. Six months, nine months, a year down the road, they call me, they email me, and they're in crisis. I once had a client, whole thing, well, we're going to keep going on our own. We're not going to hire an advocate right now. Mom literally texted me on Thanksgiving because she needed help. Because the day before, the school had her son 302'd. Do you know what that means? It means that he was involuntary, involuntarily committed to a mental institution. He was a teenager. He is probably, well, no, he might be an adult by now. Um, he was 302'd the day before Thanksgiving at school. Okay? This is a woman who hadn't talked to me in six months, wanted to do it on her own, and I'm not saying that I could have necessarily prevented this, but more often than not, those people who say, oh, I'm going to keep going on my own, their situation gets worse, not better. Because it's okay to do it on your own, but you can't just decide, oh, I'm just going to do it on my own and not do anything else. You have to call your parent training center. You have to call your local ARC get online, do webinars, attend a conference, whatever it is, you have to increase your knowledge base. You can do it on your own, but you have to increase your knowledge base. You can't just continue status quo. Oh, I'm going to do it on my own. You already made that call. They already made that call and actually even took the time out of their day to meet me somewhere or have me in their home to meet with them for an hour or two. So they've already acknowledged that they're in over their head and that they need some assistance. 
And assistance doesn't necessarily have to be an advocate, but you need some assistance. You've already acknowledged that. So to just turn down an advocate and say, well, no, I'm not going to use them right now because I don't want to pay for it, but not seek any other assistance, it's not going to get better. There are lots of parents being served well because they moms bust their butt. They get tons of advice in our group. They post their parent letters in our group and get input and have people help them proofread them and bounce ideas around. And again, they're increasing their confidence because they're increasing their knowledge base. So if you don't want to hire an advocate, that's fine. But if you've already admitted on some level that you need an advocate, then you need to do something. Because if you call me right now, I'm turning more people away than I even know what to do with right now because I'm just too busy. There just are only so many hours in a day that I can even attend meetings, you know, let alone having time to write emails for people and do records review and all that. Okay. So that's my little soapbox um, thing about when people don't want to hire an advocate. That's fine. Don't hire an advocate, but do something. You have to do something more or it's not going to get better. Because that's, you call me then in six months and uh, he got suspended and they want to put him in this and this placement and they want to send him here and they want to send him there. Um, because the parent hasn't done anything except for a one hour consult with an advocate and didn't do anything to improve the situation. And that's what you need to do. That being said, people say, well, where can I find an advocate? Um... On the blog, of course, I have a list of, I believe the blog post title is 61 agencies to help people with disabilities. Every state has what is known as a P&A agency. That's protection and advocacy for people with disabilities. Every state has a designated protection and advocacy agency, and I have them all listed on the blog. Most of them nationwide, the name of it is Disability Rights, and then the name of the state. There's Disability Rights Pennsylvania, Disability Rights New Jersey. Now, these folks won't necessarily have advocates on staff, but they should hopefully be able to direct you toward agencies that do. So I would start there with your protection and advocacy agency. The next place I would always try is, um, I know some ARCs, A-R-C, you can just go to the ARC.org, I think is their national website, find your state or county chapter, call them, see if they have them. Um, again, each county's chapter is going to depend on the executive director and their priorities, so some you know, I know in my county they employ several advocates and some counties may not employ any at all. But they, again, should hopefully be able to direct you toward someone or an agency, a different agency. Also, I would, depending on your child's disability, look for the support group that or agency or foundation or whatever it is that supports your child's condition. So, such as the Epilepsy Foundation, CHAD, which is the ADHD organization, um, 
you know, if your child has Down syndrome, if your child has cystic fibrosis, if your child has CP, um, almost every condition, right, condition that's out there has a support group of some time of some kind and at the very least they likely will have information on their website about IEPs and 504s as specific to that condition I was just invited to something about cardiomyopathy for kids and they have a section on their website that's specific to accommodations and things that kids with that condition might need on their IEP. Um, but again, you can you can call and ask and see if they have any recommendations. Um, every state also has a parent training center for special education. It's a parent training center. It's its only job is to provide information to parents on the special education process. You can get yourself some training there. You can call them and see if they have any advocates. Um, they, they don't often do because that's not their focus. But, um, but they, like I said, they're a training center. So they will give you information and training and they have webinars and, and most of them have lots of great information on their site. So try there. I also have that list on my website. It's the same blog post as the P&A, Protection and Advocacy um, post. It's all there together in one. So that's a couple of places. Um, you can call, you can, you can always do a search on Google. You can always do a search on Facebook. You can always call, uh, if there's a special ed law firm, that you know of and you're not ready for a lawyer yet, you can tell them, hey, I don't think I'm ready to file for due process yet, but I would like to know, are there any advocates that you work with? Um, some of some of them, they should all, you know, I, I work with several attorneys, um, so I would hope that they pass along my name just the way I pass along theirs. Um, so you can consider calling lawyers. Um, networking with other parents. Just ask around, asking, you know, just ask your neighbors, ask your friends, ask your, you know, your child's friends, parents, um, just ask, it's networking. It's about building that tribe, um, of support. So I think, is there anywhere else I would look for an advocate? Um, you know, it's going to take time. I get it. It's time consuming. It might cost you money, um, but these are the cards we were dealt, and I just feel like, you know what, if you're going to do something, do it well. Um, so I wish I didn't have to do this, but, but I do, so I do it. Um, I hope that you can find an advocate. I realize in some states and metropolitan areas, it's easier than others, um, but you never know. People are out there. Um, just, you know, again, use the internet and you'd be surprised, you know, don't just look at the first page of results, go to the second and third and fourth page of results. Um, I get requests from other advocates all the time to cross promote each other. And I'm just kind of surprised at these little 
rural areas and I say well okay what area are you from and they tell me and it's just kind of funny like okay I didn't know there was anyone in that area but great um oh COPA they have a uh, list on their website you can look on C-O-P-A-A that's COPA um they have a directory and rights law has yellow pages for kids um just google rights law yellow pages and that'll come up um and you'll find advocates there and I can't believe I forgot those two. Um, oh, community groups on Facebook. My community, my little local community Facebook group is very active. Um, and people are looking for recommendations all the time for different, you know, roofers and landscapers. Um and sometimes I get tagged in there because people are looking for special ed advocates, you know, and people ask in the group and then someone else is like, oh, I know Lisa Leitner and they tag me and there you go. So that's another area. Um, so I hope that you find what you're looking for. Again, if you're not going to hire an advocate, fine, but please do something. Um, make an advocate. Create a pact with a friend that you're going to be her advocate and she's going to be yours and, and learn the process together. Um, that's another option. So busy IEP season. I have more meetings and phone calls and stuff to do right now, which is why I've been um, kind of phoning it in and doing short blog or blogs, short podcasts, um, just because I've been so busy with actual work. But um Take care, have a great rest of the school year, and have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group.
Go my way. It's go my way. It's go my way. It's go my way. 